You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Filling in for Billy R. here on this Wednesday get-together on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack rolling for another hour. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll give you a chance to chime in a little bit later. We'll get back on the phones. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right, uh, but we're going to put the phones aside other than our guest line, which we're going to punch up now. Former NFL quarterback for both the Lions and the Steelers these days. He's doing analyst work on the Steelers radio network. Charlie Batch, good enough to hop aboard with us for a couple minutes. Charlie, Jody Mack here. How you doing today, bud? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Appreciate your coming on board. Um, well, we'll start pretty simplistic. On a scale of A plus to F, and I have complete confidence you understand how that scale grade works, how would you grade Mitch Trubisky's first two performances in combination uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year? Well, I think I would give him a C plus, and that's only because they're playing 500 ball, and that's what their record indicates. He didn't turn the ball over in week one against the Bengals, but unfortunately he did turn it over, and it ultimately caused it. wouldn't say that, that turnover cost a lot, but, you know, he turned that ball over, and anytime you do that, that's not something you want to do as a quarterback. So right now, because they are one-on-one right now, I'll go with C plus. Do you think that Mike ha- uh, Tomlin has handled – this quarterback situation, let's call it. It was a competition before the season started now that Trubisky has started the first two games. It becomes a situation. From the opening of camp until we sit here today, has Tomlin handled, uh, Mike Tomlin handled it correctly in your estimation? Well, yeah, he handled it correctly only because there really was no um, quarterback competition. Mitch Trubisky, he's been taking the starter reps since the uh, OTA started back in May. And he wrote that out all the way through training camp. And when you go through it and everybody talked about the competitions, I was, I was there 17 of the 20 practices that they had up in the Trove in St. Vincent's College. And Kenny Pickett didn't take any starter reps. Mason Rudolph didn't take any starter reps. So this was uh, Mr. Trubisky from the beginning. Did Trubisky do enough to hold that, if that's the way it was played out and evaluated and it was, in your estimation, the way you just stated it, Mitch Trubisky's job to lose would you say he was good enough to have not lost it? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I mean, he really did have a good training camp. And, you know, all the indication was trending up. And you're like, okay, you're feeling good about what you saw out there, especially as they were rotating in. Um, so that was something that I, that I was pleased with coming out of training camp. Then it was just a matter of really how long he was going to be able to hold off on it because when you have games in the manner that they played this week, everybody's now clamoring for Kenny Pickens. And, and, and whether or not that happens or not, it's just, you know, that that's something that the chatter from the outside is everything that Mr. Bishy's going to hear. It's just a matter of whether he can block that out and really just truly focus on trying to win football games right now 
and this is a pivotal game for really Mr. Biscay in his early Steelers career because he has to get this win tomorrow night. If he does not, now you have 10 days to figure out what you're going to do as you prepare for the Jets on October 1st. So this is going to be a really interesting game, and all eyes will be focusing on it for sure. Agreed and understand. Um, again, asking you to evaluate the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. For me, from afar, and you know much better, you're there, you're a former Steeler, you're doing uh, analyst work for them these days. I've always thought of Tomlin as a guy who doesn't let chatter come into it, that he is narrow-focused, he has his room, he doesn't let outside influences influence him. Would you agree with that stance that I take on the Steeler coach? No, I absolutely agree with that because if that was the case, you better believe after that first preseason game, especially after the second preseason game against the Jaguars, everybody was now yelling, hey, you, now is the time to put Kenny Pickens in. And that was not the case. And Mike Tom was like, listen, I know what we're doing. I know that he's sticking with the plan. He got the defense in order. They played very well you know, in that week one opening against the Bengals. And, of course, T.J. Watt missing in the second game against the Patriots. Yeah, that, that's going to impact that particular defense. But that Mike Tomlin is a guy that understands what he's looking for, and he has the players buying in. Even though we're all looking at it from a panic perspective as we now enter into this week three matchup, that's not the case with Mike, Mike Tomlin right now. All right, so let me ask you to analyze what the Pittsburgh Steelers should be attempting to achieve over the course of this season. As we are two games in, Steelers are one and one, the Ravens are one and one, the Browns are one and one, and the Bengals, who were the favorite before the season started because they went to the Super Bowl out of the AFC last year, are zero and two. Chances are you're not going to need to win 12 games to win this division. At least that's the way the first two weeks have played out. What are the Steelers attempting to do here? Is it a season to get their look at Kenny Pam? Find out if he's the guy. Is they think Trubisky is the guy who can find ways to win for him, kind of the way he did week number one against Cincinnati. Um, yeah, he didn't do quite as much week two against New England and through his first pick. What are the Steelers attempting to achieve this year, and how does who their quarterback is play into that? Yeah, well, I think in a perfect world, I think that you don't want to see Kenny Pickett at all because if that's the case, I mean, Mitch is playing well. You got the team, you know, and hopefully atop of the division in, in playoff considerations. So that's probably the, the ideal situation. But I think as this season moves on, you know, we're going to all figure this out. And I say figure it out because right now this team does not have an identity specifically on the offensive side of the ball. For two years, Steelers owner uh, Rooney has talked about improving the running game. You made a move last year with Najee Harris. You're trying to improve that offensive line, but yet the numbers and the stats aren't where it needs to be. And that ultimately impacts the play-action game on what you're doing with this Steelers offense. So it starts with the identity. Right now they don't have it. You start seeing the rumblings right now happening with the receivers, and they're saying, you know, we've got to call more plays down the field, and it just seems like more finger-pointing is going on than usual right now. So I think that's going to be something that we're all going to pay attention to, and I just think we're too early in the season to say – what does it you know, ultimately what are we looking for? Mike Tomlin has not waved in the white flag. He has not said that this is a rebuilding year. They fully expect to be competing for the division and expecting to be in the playoffs and hopefully make a playoff run. Where is Najee Harris at right now, health wise? That part of the, it's hard to really figure out because he did miss a lot of time with a foot injury. They didn't identify what it was, come to find out it was a sprain of the Lynn Sprank. 
And after two games, he's literally less than 80 yards. And you're wondering, does he have that explosiveness? And is that foot still bothering him? When I'm looking at it, to me, it looks like it's still lingering and he's not as explosive as he once was. So it's going to be real interesting to see how it impacts this week because you have a short week as they play tomorrow night. And hopefully he gets that mini bye week with the 10 days that you would have before the Jets game. But I think the foot injury is going to be something that's going to linger throughout the entire year. Now it just becomes manageable. And at his young career, we're all going to see how he handles this particular situation. Charlie Batch, former uh, Steeler QB, uh, also analyst for them on their radio network, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, I asked you to grade uh, the quarterback for the first two games. I'm going to ask you to do the same for the Steelers' offensive line. If you want to, feel free to break it down to pass blocking, run blocking, if there's a significant difference in your eyes or if you just want to give us a general grade. How do you think the Steelers' offensive line is played first two weeks of the season? I would give them a C. I mean, they did they did some okay things in the passing game. They kept Mitch clean. They did give up one sack against the Patriots, but I think that would fell on Mitch more than anything. Um, so it didn't reflect on that offensive line and those stats wise. It will, but the thing that so I'm 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 okay with the passing game. The problem and the concern for me is that running game. They just don't get enough push, and they're not getting the running game going in the manner that you're seeing on other teams. So it's just really I'm right on edge as it relates to it. And they know all the focal point is on them because when you identify strength and weaknesses of teams, everyone's quick to identify, okay, the weakness of the Steelers team is their offensive line. Did they do enough in free agency? So I think they're all up for the task of now trying to prove everybody wrong, but it just comes down to that point right now again. It's too early after two weeks, but I think if you you know you kind of go back on one side, okay with the passing game, not as not so impressive in the running game. Major problem the Steelers have, and it's uh, not their fault. But when you lose a guy like uh, Mr. Watt on defense, yeah, it's going to take a hit. There's no way you're going to be as good without him as you were with him. Uh, but there is certainly no individual who's going to step in and come close to giving you the kind of production that he does. How will the Steelers go about retooling, maybe changing their defense without Watt? Because it's just not the same D when he's not on the field. Yeah, it's not. And, and you could better believe, you know, opposing coaches are not going to be threatened by whoever that guy, the next guy up is. And that's been something that really they've been looking for to see who that rotational linebacker was going to be after T.J. Watt and uh, Alex Highsmith. So right now they're still trying to figure out they made some moves, but yet they're still so early that we don't even know you know, what they're going to be capable of bringing to this particular defense. So the Steelers, this schematic-wise, they did a few things differently. They tried to use Cam Hayward on the outside if they were now trying to secure an edge on the running game and then moving him back inside. So I think they're still trying to figure that out. Defensive coordinator Terrell Austin will now have to come up with something creative and hopefully lean on a great defensive minds like you have like a, uh, Brian Flores as a linebacker coach and saying, hey, we need some help in trying to identify some of these other defensive schemes to help offset that until T.J. gets back. All right. You touched on this earlier, the game coming up Thursday night, and then you got time thereafter. And, oh, yeah, everybody will be having Charlie Batch on to talk about the quarterback situation, depending on how it goes this week. But Cleveland in week three, Cincinnati week one, sandwiched in between with the Patriots, and there's some good rivalry there, even though they're in uh, as opposite divisions. Uh, and now the Browns probably the number one steal of rivalry here in week number three. Early schedule for the uh, Steelers, a good thing or a bad thing? 
I think it's a good thing because everybody anticipated, okay, October could kind of open up and maybe create a little bit of, of, of flexibility there. But now looking at the way that the schedule has played out, that October schedule is brutal. As you sit back and, you know, the Jets, you didn't think they, they, they would be where they at. But, yeah, they figured out a way to win a game. Then you had the Patriots. I'm sorry, then you had the, uh, the uh, Buccaneers. And then you turn around and have the Eagles at the end of the month. So these are things that, you know, this is why I feel that this is a must-win game. And anytime you have two division games coming out of it, you know, in the first three weeks, it's important to really get off to a fast start. Now, Cleveland is kicking themselves because they feel like they should be 2-0. and And you saw today that they had a defensive players-only meeting that to try to figure out some of the miscommunication that's happening. So they're going to be walking on edge, and they know how important this is because right now the Steelers know that they cannot – lose a second game, specifically an AFC game when you talk about playoff implications at the end of the season. So very critical for both of these teams, and I really expect it to be hard-hitting, but also a low-scoring game. All right. As a former player, you can surely give me your honest opinion on this one. Nick Chubb came out yesterday and said, yeah, that's my fault. We lost because of me. I need to take it all on me. I should have just gone down inside the five rather than scoring a touchdown. Then the Jets never get the ball back. They can never recover an onside kick. He was quite honest, and he took the bullet that he deserved to take. If you're a teammate of Nick Chubb, does it make you feel better or make you feel worse? Well, uh, it makes me feel better because he's owning that. As an elite, as a leader, you want him to own that particular discussion. But also, on the flip side, you're like, well, defensively, we have one of the baddest defenses out here. How come you didn't stop Joe Flacco in the Jets? So it's an ebb and flow on true. both sides. But if, if you're a fan, you're probably happy if you have Nick Chubb on your fantasy team. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that's exactly what I said on Sunday, Charlie. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. Nick was thinking, I got to take care of my fantasy guys. I got to get in the end zone. <laughs> This will all be for not if the defense of the Browns figured out a way to win this game. But ultimately, because it happened in that manner, and of course you get a chance to dissect it, you're like, hey, we could have had a chance to bleed the clock out, and the Jets don't get a chance to, you know, get the ball back. But unfortunately, those types of things happen, and I think ultimately that's why you saw that players only meeting to say, hey, the offense is doing their part. We have to do our part. Stop anybody who, when we have a chance to take the field, stop that offense to make sure that they don't score and we get our offense the ball back so they can bleed the clock out. So I understand both situations, but I like the fact at least he owned up from a leadership perspective. And you can say, okay, we're going to continue to ride this out as the year goes on. Because now, in hopes that he made a mistake, you're hoping that he now lights it up on Thursday night to say, guys, I told you I had you, had you on my back and I carried you through this Thursday night game. All right, coming back to Mitch Trubisky via the Browns defense, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Cloudy, they got two serious pass rushers. You gave the offensive line a C for the first couple of games. How do you get Trubisky to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible? What's the Steeler offense going to look like against this Browns defense? Because you know they're bringing pressure off the edge. Oh, you absolutely know that. And it's going to be important, especially when you have, you know, a young Dan Moore Jr. on that left side that's going to have to protect Mr. Trubisky. So this is, these are things that, you know, they're salivating on the other side and saying, okay, we got to get after them. But it's important. And anytime you're playing on the road, you know the opposing team is going to be off to a split-second slow start as it relates to that snap count because you'll be working that silent count. And that's why it's even more important to try to figure out a way to get Najee Harris involved. So, it's going to be – I just don't know. You know, I, I gave the you know, Steelers a C, but also that defensive line of the Browns, man, they're up, you know, B-plus, a kind of A territory at this point. So I think all of that will play itself out tomorrow night. 
All right, last thing, and I harped on this this weekend on CBS. I'll do so again here now. I'll do so again this weekend when I'm on again because I'm going to do it until something is enacted. Aaron Donald used a helmet as a weapon this year in a preseason practice against the Cincinnati Bengals. Everyone saw the video. There's video everywhere these days with everyone having a camera in their hand with their cell phone. It was grainy. It wasn't tightly focused, but it was pretty damn obvious that it was him swinging the helmet, hitting anything that he could possibly get his helmet on, uh, opposition, and maybe even a teammate or two, and understood that the NFL can't directly act because it was a practice. It wasn't a game, but the Rams can absolutely act, and the NFL hasn't uh, twisted the, uh, the arm attack. He used the helmet as a weapon. The guy that you're going to see this weekend, Miles Garrett, did the same thing and got suspended for six games, six games. What Aaron Donald did, he, he could have done more damage because he swung it a couple of times and there were more people around. How has the NFL just been able to sweep this under the rug that Aaron Donald, because he's the best football player on the planet, people are going to forget that he did what he did in that practice against the Bengals? What the hell do you think is going to happen, Mr. Former NFL Player? It's all tough. I mean, and then personal conduct policy, excuse me, has been something I've been talking about for years, including my, my last few years uh, with the Steelers because I was on the executive committee. So I always fought against the personal conduct policy only in the manner because at the time we were dealing with James Harrison when he was hitting people too hard and he was getting suspended. And they're like, well, aren't we playing football? And he's doing it within the rules. So, you know, he got suspended, I think, in 2011 um, on that Monday night game that we were playing against the 49ers, and it was very unfair. And that's why we took a stance as a team against the personal comic policy because it's all over the place. And when you look at just where things are at, you know, and, and the manner of how people get suspended, it's just not black and white across the board. And that's the frustrating part that the players have, the NFLPA has, and ultimately the NFL has to figure out. So this is something that we're going to continue to have conversations with year after year. And in this case, it's going to seem like it's game after game if these particular situations happen. Well, good answer out of you, except you didn't answer the question. So I'm going to ask it again. What should happen? What should the NFL do? I know it's hard, but you're good at this. So I expect an answer from you, big guy. What should the NFL do? Should he get off scot-free? Well, I understand you want the clear answer, but every it's a case-by-case basis. And I can go and give you scenario after scenario as it relates to whether or not I feel a player should be suspended. When you get to this particular point, I don't feel like players should be suspended. You can put a fine. Just like Mike Evans, I don't agree that he should be suspended one game for defending his teammate. I would much rather him have and defend his teammate versus not do anything. And then you throw on the film and say, guys, this is how we react. Nobody going, nobody going to fight back. And then that's another discussion that you particularly have. So when you're defending it and you're playing football, these are things that you're now, and I understand the helmet situation is completely different, but when you get to this particular situation as it relates to personal conduct policy as a whole, I'm always going to fight for that. And I fought for it for years, and anybody who knows me knows how much in depth that I went and fought against the people who are executive, on the executive committee of the, con, on the, con, uh, the com, uh, conduct personal conduct. It was a uh, it was committee it was personal conduct was, committee yes no it wasn't no it was executive okay, committee was and they're talking about okay. yeah with the player uh, player committee um not it was a player committee versus the uh, nfl as it relates to my position when i was fighting against those guys talking about the personal conduct policies people know how passionate i am 
with this. And that's why it's just hard for me to give you a complete answer because I understand different scenarios happen. Once a player rep, always a player rep. That's what we know about Charlie Betts. Charlie, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board. Thanks much. Enjoy the game on Thursday night. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. That is Charlie Batch here with us on. Uh, and I completely shame on me. I should have remembered this, um, that he was as involved as he was on the union side. Uh, I just wanted to ask the question because I wanted to get his answer. I didn't know. And, again, my bad because I should have remembered uh, that Charlie was as involved as he, as he was. Oh, he's always going to come down on the player side. And I'm sorry. I can't. Aaron Donald used the helmet as a weapon, and it is borderline criminal. What he did was borderline criminal, and now in my estimation, it's borderline criminal that the NFL and the Rams are just trying to hope this goes away. Yeah, if I have anything to say about it, it's not going to go away. 27 days since Aaron Donald swung a helmet as a weapon in a practice against competitors that he was on the field with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. And to this point, nothing has happened. I Jody Mackin for Bill Ryder. I've got uh, oh, we got uh, buy or sell coming up next. I will in our final segment give you a chance to chime in if you want to chime in on the Steelers or Aaron Donald still playing. No action, no fines, no suspension, no nothing. You can hit me up at eight five five two one two four two two seven. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do so. Plus, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code Writer. That's R-E-I-T-E-R to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code Writer only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be present in the state where lawful to wager 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 1-877-H. Hope NY or text Hope NY. That's four six seven three six six nine. Bonus issued is free bets. One boost per eligible game. Ten plus leg required for a hundred percent boost. Opt in required. Deposit parlay wagering restrictions apply as well. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com/slash football teams. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Jay Mack hanging with you here on CBS Sports Radio. In for Billy R today, a little under the weather. Be back manana. Fear not, Writer fans. Um, Tommy D, what is this? I don't know this return music. I like it, but I don't know it. Uh, this is some early Eminem, Jody. Really? Yeah, this has got to be close to 20 years old now. Damn. How do I not know that? All right. Sorry, Eminem. Didn't recognize it. I, I, and I like Eminem, but I just uh, don't recognize that song. But I, I, like I said, I did like it. All right, good job out of you uh, giving us a good return. Let's see what kind of a job you'll do today on Fire 7. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Jody, let's start it off by keeping that NFL conversation going. Now, despite the Colts being winless through their first two games, tying the Texans in week one, and then getting shut out by the Jaguars last week, head coach Frank Wright is still confident in Matt Ryan saying, quote, I love Matt And he takes responsibility. He's the leader. I could not be happier that he's our quarterback. He's still an elite leader, and I really believe he can be an elite player in this offense, end quote. Buy or sell, you expect the Colts to still be a playoff team this season. Yeah, because I predicted it. Because I picked them to win that division. And I don't want to admit defeat after only two weeks. And the only reason why I can get away with saying this right now is because, yeah, the Jags look good, beat them, went up and down the field against them. We'll see what they do uh, later in the season. Uh, the Texans got the tie against the Colts. I know Colts supposed to be 2-0. They're 0-1-1. That's not good. But I think that they will get revenge on those two teams later in the year. And, oh, by the way, Tennessee's 0-2, too. So it's kind of like a process of elimination thing. The division's not all that good. So can the Colts still be a major player there? I say yes, even though I just think Frank Reich is giving lip service to his quarterback because he wasn't good last week. Um, but uh, that's what you got to do. So I'll accept it at face value. But I'll buy and say, yes, the Colts will still make the playoffs. But it be- better be as a divisional winner because there isn't a wild card coming out of that division. Bye. Jody, you knew exactly where I was going for my next question. Another team that has struggled out of the gate are those Tennessee Titans who have been outscored, get ready, 62-27 to in their two games 
and head coach Mike Vrabel met the media yesterday, and he was asked if the team needs to make a change at offensive coordinator and move on from Todd Downing. That's just not, you know, I mean, I, if, if I felt like there was anybody that, um, you know, wasn't doing their job, to, you know, we're just not going to do that. That's not something that's going to happen right now. I've had confidence in our staff. I have confidence in the guys that we put out there. We have to, we have to continue to, to, to coach um, and, and execute uh, better. But that's, you know, that's just not where we're, you know, that, that's, I appreciate everybody's, you know, opinion. I, I have to make sure that, you know, everybody here that, players and coaches are, are all aligned and I know that they are uh, and that's how you get things fixed and, and you win a game. Here's my question to you Jody. Buy or sell you expect the Tennessee Titans offense to turn it around? Hmm. I'm going to go hedge on this. Uh, it, it, the, the answer is buy. Buy. But, but for a specific reason. They've been so bad there's only one direction to go and that's up. They have to be better. Now, is it going to be good enough? Is it going to be awe-inspiring? No chance, no shot. They're not that talented in the offense. So it depends on how you ask the question. They'll get better. The, the offense quarter doesn't need to be worrying about his job after two weeks. Talk to me after six weeks, and we might have a different story. But as of right now, yes, Tennessee will get better offensively. So I'm buying All right, Jody, we're only two weeks into the season, and we have some NFL players that are already angering some fan bases. We'll start with Bears quarterback Justin Fields after Chicago's loss on Sunday night to those Packers. It hurts more than the locker room than the Bears fans that I'm in because at the end of the day, they're not putting in any work. Um, I see the guys in the locker room every day. I see how much work they put in. So Then we have Miles Garrett. He wasn't too pleased with the boos he heard from the hometown fans after the Browns collapse. For the Jets on Sunday. The more disappointing thing was the booing at the end. It was a, you know, not the most optimal ending that we'd want. You know, we of course we'd want to win. I don't, we don't want to see uh, this this crowd, this uh, this stadium give up on us. You no, know, this early. We want to see them you know, completely behind us. Buy or sell, Jody, that you have an issue with either of these two comments. I got an issue with both be told, so it's definitely a buy. Buy! More so an issue with Garrett than Fields. Because Garrett's been in the league for a while now. He's been in Cleveland for a while now. He's got to know. And oh, by the way, the Browns fans had more reason to boo because all Nick Chubb had to do was take a knee and go down and the game is over and you win. So the Cleveland fans were well within their rights. To let the Browns fans hear it. Now, the idiot that threw the water bottle at Jimmy Haslam, glad they caught him. He should go to jail. You can't do that. But the fans had every right to boo. Fields is less egregious, but just, just if you're listening, if you're out there listening, if you're tuned to CBS Sports Radio, don't go there. You can't win. Two games into the season, you're going to call the fans on the carpet? You, it, no, 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 no. It's just not well advised his less of an issue than miles garrett but both of them should be smarter than that picking a fight with the fan base with 15 more weeks to go never a good idea all right jody let's get to some college football here this week arizona state sun devils athletic director ray anderson met the media about the program's decision to part ways with football coach 
Herm Edwards. Toughest day of my professional career, no question about it, to have to separate from Herm Edwards, but we've known each other a long time and we've always been very honest. We did not get it done here at the level that any of us aspired to. And when it's time for change, you make the change. And so we feel like for this current team, for our future, for our staff, for our university, this is the appropriate change at the appropriate time. Now Edwards went 26-20 and 20 in his four-plus seasons at ASU. Buy or sell that Herm Edwards' tenure in college makes you hesitant about former NFL head coaches transitioning back to the college game. No, they're all different. Uh, different situations, different individuals, sweeping statements I try and stay away from. NFL coaches can't go back to college. College coaches can't become NFL players. There are always exceptions to the rule. Uh, I sell on that. And as far as separating, come on, be a man, stand up, say you're fired as you know what. Don't go uh, mutually separating. Uh, no, 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 no. They fired Herm Edwards. At least cop to it. Well, uh, we had Charlie Batch on talking earlier about uh, the Browns running back uh, taking the heat for not going down. Be a man, own it. Arizona State, own it. You fired Herm Edwards. At least be big enough to admit it. Sell. All right, Jody, let's finish up with some baseball here. Last question. Tampa Bay Rays all-star Shane McClanahan left his start against the Astros last night after four innings. Now, McClanahan gave up five earned runs, but perhaps more concerning was that he left because of neck tightness. The 25-year-old's 2.36 ERA is fourth best in all of baseball. Buy or sell that Shane McClanahan is the most important pitcher to his team's postseason success. Individually, yes. He is their most important. So definitely I'll buy on that. Buy. The guy's a legit Cy Young candidate. But the Rays are kind of a weird entity, different entity, and a good one. I'm not knocking or mocking. I'm, I'm just uh, pointing out they're an entire pitching roster because of the way they build their team and the way that their manager handles their pitching staff. No one individual is, oh, my God, we lose him. We've got no chance because that's just not the way they put their roster together, specifically their pitchers. So if he is out Does it compromise their chances? Yes. Does it end their chances? No, because they do have a pretty damn good across-the-board staff from number one starter all the way to the last guy in the bullpen. That'll do it for Buy or Sell. Good job out of Tommy D. Picked a great M&M return and then did a great job firing questions at me. I appreciate him for that. You want to fire a question or two at me? I still got 20-plus minutes with open phones. You can get aboard now. 855-212-4227. Hopefully get a chance to get a couple of you guys up, but I will not do so until after. The latest CBS Sports Update is my guy, Andrew Bogish. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Jay Mack, filling in for Billy Art today here on Writer Than You. Uh, a little under the weather was Mr. Writer. Should be back uh, manana. Uh, so for you big Billy fans, your boy should be back here manana. I've got you for the last uh, couple of minutes here. If you want to quickly jump aboard, make a salient point. I got faith in you making a salient point. Do it at 855-212-4227. All right, four things I teased. I think in the first segment of the show today that I haven't been able to expound on yet that I need to go back and do for you. Two quarterbacks I want to reference, uh, Jimmy G and uh, Joe Burrow, and also an NBA point, which I saw yesterday, read yesterday, uh, couldn't believe uh, what I was reading, as a matter of fact, or I just didn't understand it. And one boxing slash, I guess you got to call it boxing, right? Because it's a potential boxing match. Uh, I'll I'll hit all four of those topics before we exit stage left. First on the NBA, Brian Winhorst, good NBA uh, insider, gets good information, pretty damn tied in. Uh, Got some uh, direct lines of info from uh, both teams and agents. All right, so he's not Woj and he's not Shams. And uh, I call him Windy. To be an NBA insider, you basically just have to have one name. You, you can't have two names. You, you got to be Woj. You got to be Shams. You got to be Windy if you're an NBA insider. Um, I guess I call my guy uh, uh, Howard Beck just Beck. And Beck is not a loser, although some people think of loser when they think of Beck. But that's a whole other story. Um, now, Brian Windhorst reported yesterday that the Phoenix Suns are making Jay Crowder available. My question is, quite simply, three letters, why? Why would you go there? Why would you do something like that? I am not a Celtic fan. My daughter is. I am not a uh, Miami Heat fan. I am not a Phoenix Sun fan. They're, They're not teams that I root for. But I watch Jay Crowder on all of those teams make them better teams, and contribute big time in postseason runs. He is what he is. He's not the most athletic guy. He's not going to be flying through. uh, He's not going to elevate up over a guy to make a jump shot. His game is what it is. You know what his game is? Successful. He can play multiple different type players on defense He's a well above average three-point shooter, which is such a big part of the NBA game now. Why would Phoenix want to move away from a guy like that? They got cap troubles because they had to re-sign eight. I just don't understand why you, if you are an NBA championship contender, which the Suns certainly have to believe they are going into next season, why would you look to move a guy like Jay Crowder? Just When I read that, I go, 
I don't understand. Please explain better to me, and I haven't gotten that explanation yet. If you got it for me, Suns fan out there, you get it, you understand. Go ahead, hop on my phones real quick, 855-212-4227. Why is Jay Crowder available? All right. Uh, boxing. I didn't watch Canelo Alvarez against Triple G on Saturday. I uh, got a couple of callers to check in after the fight was over and done with because that's when I'm here on the weekends here on Saturdays on CBS Sports Radio till 2 a.m. in the East. Um, So both of them said the same exact thing. Waste of time. That Triple G just isn't what he used to be. The guy's 40 now. But they had had two previous fights, so they wanted to have a trilogy, so they put a third one together and – they said it really was a kind of a snooze fest, a snore fest. Uh, certainly that uh, Alvarez won the decision, should have won the decision, at least controversial of the three fights they had, but wasn't much of a fight. I didn't pay for it. I wasn't going to pay for it. I have paid for pay-per-view fights and just recorded them if I'm on the air. One of which I did that with was Conor McGregor against... Uh, uh, the money man, Floyd Mayweather. That was a ripoff. That was money poorly spent. I remember it because at the time I was still going up to CBS Portrait. I was going up to New York. I was commuting. So I had to uh, pay for it and tape it. And at the time, my daughter was still living at home, and she's a boxing fan. She likes watching major boxing fights with her father. So I said, listen, I'll buy it and record it. If you want to watch it live, Matt, you can. But if you don't, if you want to wait so you and I can watch it the next day, blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly what we did. She didn't watch it, but we got up the next day and watched it. Another waste of time. And that was a couple of years ago. Why would this be any less of a waste of time? They're talking about doing McGregor money part two. Why? McGregor fights, whether it's in the octagon or in the ring, like once every four years, or it just seems that way to me. I think of him much more as a guy selling alcohol these days than I do an actual competitor in the ring or the octagon. Why would you possibly do that? It makes no sense whatsoever. I, I comprehend it. I do get it that anything to make a buck, if they think they can generate enough money, both of the guys will come out, they'll get in decent enough shape so that it's not a laughing stock, but it's not something I'm going to pay big bucks for. Uh, So that's another thing I don't don't get why Jay Crowder is available, and I don't get why anybody would pay for Conor McGregor, Money Mayweather 2, part due. No, nothing will be due to me because I won't be getting a bill because I won't be paying for it. All right, and on the NFL quarterback front, we've talked about Dak Prescott and the fact that Jerry Jones is uh, somehow going to wave his magic cowboy owner wand and Dak is going to be able to play in two weeks. I'll see it when I believe it. Um, But two guys that uh, I think are, are kind of at a fun position in the season for them. First up, Joe Burrow. Bengals were 0-2. They could have won either game. They won neither game. They found a way to lose to both the Steelers and the Cowboys. Burrow uh, rallied them, got them even, but the Cowboys went down. I got to give Cooper Rush credit. I don't think of much of Cooper Rush as a backup. 
Um, all he does is win games. He filled in last year. He won a game against the Vikings. He filled in this year, won a game against the defending AFC champion Bengals. So I got to give Cooper Rush a little bit of credit because I have questioned whether the Cowboys had a good enough backup to start the season for Dak Prescott. And Rush found a way to win. He wasn't great, but what backup quarterbacks are great? All right, Joe Flacco was great for the last two possessions. He got the Jets a win, and I was very happy about that. But he also isn't great at his uh, this stage of his career. But Cooper Rush did get a win last week. I got to give him credit. But Jerry believing that he can just uh, will it into uh, reality that Dak Prescott is going to be back in two weeks. We shall see. He's not going to be back this week. It's going to be Cooper Rush against the Giants. And then uh, Jerry thinks he's going to get his quarterback back for the game next week against the Commanders. We shall see. But the guy who was on the losing end to Cooper Rush was Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow was once again just buried under a pass rush for the second consecutive week. Now, two weeks running, he's faced as good as it gets when you come to defense in the National Football League. There's Aaron Donald, and there's T.J. Watt, and there's uh, the Cowboys' stud uh, defensive uh, linebacker slash defensive lineman. He comes at you from every which way. And they had no answers for him, and I don't know too many teams in the National Football League that do. But Burrow has been buried under again. The Bengals spent a whole lot of money to upgrade their offensive line during this offseason. They realized and acknowledged it was a major problem last year, even though they got to the Super Bowl. Burrow got beat up in the Super Bowl against Sacktigal. Here's part of the problem, and I did watch that cowboy Bengal game, even though I was on the air here on CBS Sports Radio. Um he just thinks he's going to be able to complete the pass on every single uh, time he drops back. He thinks he's going to get the five or six seconds he need if the receiver isn't open up immediately when he's not just uh, going with the first option, which is a quick hitter. Oh, he holds on to the football, and he waits, and he has faith in his guys that they're going to get open. But he pushes that offensive line too much. You, you have to acknowledge in the National Football League, if you're a quarterback, you have a limited amount of time each and every single play. And you've got to be able to read when the blitz is coming and a guy is being uh, brought unmolested and is going to be in your face in a split second. Bo doesn't do that. And I don't think it's that he's not computing it fast enough, that he doesn't see it coming, that he can't uh, react to it. Oh, I think he can. I just think he's too confident. Cool. Joe Cool is too cocky for for his own good way too often. And I think that has caused a whole bunch of the sacks that he's gotten this year. And the other quarterback that I find myself rooting for, and I did this past week and he did the job again, is Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he is what he is. He's He's an average at best talent when it comes to the quarterback position in the National Football League. And the 49ers basically acknowledged that when they took Trey Lance with the third pick in the draft. They were ready, willing, and able to move on from Jimmy G. They elevate Lance as their starter, even though Jimmy G, once again, was in a championship game last year in the NFC. And if his uh, defensive backmate, Jaquaski Tart, had been able to come down with an interception, he might have gone to the Super Bowl two years running. But the 49ers did everything to push him out the door. Now their quarterback goes down, and who do they have to lean on? Jimmy G. Can he bring the 49ers deep into the playoffs again? 
I'm rooting for him just because I think his team did him such a disservice. I know he's not a superstar quarterback, but Jimmy G, I got your back this season. All right, Billy R. be back tomorrow. Great job out of Tommy Cell producing this show. Have a great rest of your day. Romy's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.